Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern style worship and an on-time message from God's Word. This week, we continue our study into the book of Isaiah by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here is this week's message. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and be turning to Isaiah 53 as we're focusing on the gospel according to Isaiah 53. We're in Isaiah 53, and we're talking about the gospel according to Isaiah 53. Remember, I challenged you that you'd be able to share the gospel of Christ without using the New Testament. You only use the Old Testament. That's the Bible that the apostles had because they had not yet written the gospels and the epistles of the New Testament. So we ought to be able to share the gospel from the Old Testament. I've chosen Isaiah 53 because it's one of the best-known passages and clearly presents the picture of the gospel, the presentation of the gospel, and Jesus. And it's a great place for us to start to learn how to share the gospel from the Old Testament. Now today, I want you, are y'all, are y'all awake again? Are y'all awake? Any more mental calisthenics we have to have to get you awake? You're going to need to be awake, all right? And you need to take some notes because it's going to be important things. But I want to give you, first of all, three words we're going to focus on today, all right? Three words. One of those words is voluntarily voluntarily, right? That's a word. Write that down. Here's another word you probably don't use as often. It's the word vicariously, vicariously. Ah, what does that mean? We'll talk about that in just a minute, okay? And then the third word that I want you to write down that we're going to focus on is the word victoriously, all right? Voluntarily, vicariously, victoriously. And those three words, those three words are summarizing the work and the ministry and the purpose of this anointed servant that Isaiah says in Isaiah 53 is going to come. He's looking to the future. He's going to come, and he's anointed by God, and he has a purpose. And in that purpose, he's going to be suffering. And through that suffering, many people are going to be blessed. And they're going to be forgiven and their transgressions wiped away through the suffering of this servant, this anointed one of God. And those three words summarize what is said here in Isaiah 53. And those three words also summarize what Jesus did for us. Or see, we are blessed. We're not having to read Isaiah 53 in the time of Isaiah, 700 years before the cross, We're having the opportunity to read in Isaiah after the cross. We've been able to see the one that he talked about, that he came, that he did exactly what he said he was going to do, that he is is Lord of lords and King of kings. He is the suffering servant. He's the anointed one of God. And that he accomplished what Isaiah said through the anointed of God that he would accomplish. So let's focus on those three words. The first thing I want us to do is I want to give you the definition. I mean, I'm talking about Webster's definition for those words so that you'll know what they mean. Now, that word vicariously, you don't use so much. So today I'm going to give you that definition and you go home and impress somebody, all right? Just use it in a sentence somewhere and watch them say, man, where did you get that word? They're going to think that you're really well educated, been reading a lot, studying your dictionary, all right? You don't use that word. So let's define them for you. Write these down. These are Webster's Dictionary voluntarily it means brought about by one's free will it's brought about by one's free will 
And it also means intentional, not accidental. In other words, this didn't fall into it and accidentally happened, but rather it was intentional. It was purposeful. It was meant to happen, all right, voluntarily. The second word is the word vicariously, vicariously. What does that mean? Here it is. Taking the place of another, to take someone's place, to take the place of another, or to endure are performed by one person in place of another. For a person to endure something in the place of another. That's what the word vicarious means. Taking the place of another. Then finally, write this definition down, the word victoriously. Victoriously. It means to bring about a victory. To bring about a victory. The winning of a battle, war, or any struggle. Write that down. The winning of a battle, a war, or any struggle. These three words summarize the work of this servant described by Isaiah in Isaiah 53 and also describes the ultimate fulfillment of Jesus in doing every one of those things. So, first of all, I want us to focus on that word voluntarily. And write this down. The anointed servant suffers voluntarily. Here in Isaiah 53, we're hearing about a suffering servant. The first thing is, he does it voluntarily. Let's read together. Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 5. says, But he, that's talking about that anointed servant, that suffering servant, But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Skip down now to verse 10. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering. You need to underline that phrase. If he would render himself as a As a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Now go on, look what it said, 11. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, here it is, my servant will justify the many as he will bear their iniquities. Read on. Therefore, I will lot him a portion with the great. He will divide the the booty with the strong. Underline this. Because he poured out himself to death. I had you to underline those two phrases because it talks about this suffering servant is going to do what he's doing voluntarily. 
He's not forced to do it. He doesn't have to do it. But he is going to voluntarily do it. And whenever this suffering comes, it's not by accident or happenstance. It is suffering that is intentional and purposeful to fulfill the purpose for which God has brought about that suffering. And that is the redemption of man. The salvation of man. Look what it says about this servant, what he did there in verse number 10. I had you underline If he would render himself as a guilt offering. That word render means to make a deposit. To make a deposit. You know what it says this suffering servant is going to do? That he has the right. He has a will. He has the ability to choose. But he is going to deposit himself. He's going to give himself over as a guilt offering. He doesn't have to, but he chooses to. Because he knows there's someone who needs it. He, notice what it says, do not miss that. He renders himself. He renders himself. Look at verse 12. I had you underline this. Because he poured out himself to death. He did what? He poured out himself. Did somebody take it? No. He gave it. This suffering servant is one who is going to voluntarily, and remember what that means. It means the freedom of will to choose, brought about by one's free will, intentional, not accidental. This servant is going to voluntarily give his life and going to suffer on behalf of others. Now, let me assure you this, that everything that says Jesus fulfilled, amen, Jesus fulfilled. Let me show you how he fulfilled it. Turn over in the Gospel of John. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I want you to hear what it says, what Jesus said to his disciples. In John 10, he is talking to them before he comes to the cross, before he gets to Gethsemane. He's talking about his life and his ministry. Listen to what he says in John 10. Begin in verse 11. He says... I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, listen, lays down his life for the sheep. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, what? I am who? I am the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Look what he goes on and says. He says in verse 17. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Now, listen to what he says in verse 18. It's the key. No one has taken it away from me, for I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I receive from my Father. What was Jesus teaching his disciples? Listen, my life that I have, I'm going to lay it down because I am the good shepherd. No one's going to take my life. No one can take my life. I'm the Son of God. No one has the authority to take my life. But I am going to voluntarily... 
lay down my life for the sheep. I'm going to give my life over for the sheep. Now, he's teaching his disciples that to prepare them and to get them ready for that experience whenever his life is going to have to be given, not accidentally, but intentionally and purposefully, by his choice, he's going to lay down his life. But they still struggle with that. Turn back to the gospel, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26 Verses 52 and 54. You know where this is? This is in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is when they come to arrest him. Arrest him to do what? To scourge him, to judge him, to hang him on a cross. It's what he told them was going to happen. But listen to what he says here to them. Whenever they come to arrest him, what did his disciples do? They're going to resist him. One of them took out a sword and cut off the ear of the servant of the priest. Remember that? This is what Jesus said in 52. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place. For all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? What did, what did Jesus say? Nobody's taking my life. Nobody's taking my life. I'm laying it down. If I didn't want them to take my life, then all I have to do is call out to the Father, and the Father will send 12 legions of angels to protect me. So I am not having it stolen from me, but I'm laying it down. Notice what it says in verse 54. Please don't miss this. How then shall the Scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen this way? Do you know what Jesus is talking about? Jesus is talking about Isaiah 53. (laughs) He said, do you not remember what the Scripture said? Do you not remember what the prophet wrote? Do you not remember hearing about the suffering servant who was going to voluntarily come and lay down his life for the sheep in order for them to be made right? in order for them to be forgiven, in order for them to be redeemed. Well, I'm here to tell you, I am that suffering servant. I am laying down my life by my free will, not by accident, but intentionally for a purpose. I am doing this, and I am the fulfillment of what Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, that there would be a servant who comes voluntarily to lay down his life for the sheep. So Jesus is the fulfillment of that what Isaiah said, that this servant would do it voluntarily. The second word, though, the second thought, is the anointed servant suffers vicariously. Go back to Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, I want you to look at verse 5. Verse 5. And I want you to notice what it says. Read with me. But he, that's talking about who? The suffering servant, the servant. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. Now, this is what I want you to do in your Bible. If you, if you mark in your Bible, I want you to do this, all right? I want you to, to circle he, and then I want you to circle our. That, that's talking about the vicarious. Now, you remember what the vicarious nature or vicarious purpose of suffering servant is that he stands in position he is taking the place of 
that he is going to endure the suffering and the punishment that somebody else should have suffered. He's going to do it for somebody else. So here's how it's pictured. There it says in every phrase, verse 5, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He took our place. Look at the next one. He, circle that, was crushed for our iniquities. You got the picture? Go on. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. Circle that. Then the last phrase, and by his, circle it, scourgings, we are healed. You get the picture? I mean, it, it simply says that this one is coming to take the place of the one who deserves it. That there's, there's someone who deserves to be punished. There's, there's someone who has a, a debt because they're sinners. They've transgressed. They have iniquities. They deserve chastening. They deserve to be scourged because they are sinners. And why are they sinners? He tells you there in verse 6. Because all of us, all of us, what? Like sheep, we have gone astray. We've gone astray. And what else? And it says, each of us has turned to his own way. And because of that, he has, the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. To fall upon him. And that's what it means by vicariously. This suffering servant is one who's going to stand in the stead of the one who deserves to be punished, and that is you and me and all of us. Why? Because all of us have gone our own way. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us, the Word of God tells us, are sinners, that none are righteous, no, not one. All have transgressed. All deserve to be punished. All deserve death. But this suffering servant comes and says, take me. Take me. Let me picture that for you. You two guys right here. Come right here. You two. Stand up. Come on up here with me. Don't be afraid. <laughs> All right. I want you to imagine that he has been found guilty. All right. He is guilty. Does he look guilty? He looks guilty to me, y'all. He looks guilty. He's guilty of sin. He has strayed. He has gone his own way. And because of that, he deserves to be punished. The law says that every soul that sins must surely die. That's the punishment of sin is death. All right? So imagine that he is here and he is going to be scourged by me. I started to bring a 
thing to scourge you with, but I decided to let you. Right? But you just imagine, all right? Now, you don't look this way. Don't you look while I'm beating you, all right? Just imagine he is there, and he, he deserves. I'm going to scourge him. I'm going to beat him with rods. I'm going to beat him unto death. That's what he deserves. I, I don't know where you are, think you are in this story. This is you right here. This is you. And you, you might not think that you deserve that because you think you're better than that. But see, before a holy God, one sin condemns you. One sin condemns you. And, and you've committed more than one sin. Look at that person next to you and say, I've committed more than one sin. And now you tell them, I know. <laughs> we have, haven't we? But he deserves to be scourged, beaten all the way to death. But when I'm about to do it, he comes up and he says, I want to take his place. I want to stand between him and you. And for every strike that he deserves and every punishment that he has, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Not because I have to, because I choose to. And I'm going to stand between the punishment that he rightly deserves. This is the suffering servant. This is Jesus. That's what Jesus came to do for you. You understand that? And that's what vicarious means. That he stands in your place. He endures that punishment, that suffering that you deserve. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You get the picture? You get that picture? And in that picture, you always need to remember where you are. Which one you are. And where this suffering servant stands. And every place, you ought to circle it. You ought to memorize it. You ought to focus on it over and over again. That he was pierced through for and. Our transgressions, I'd make it personal for my transgression. Amen? And that he was crushed for my iniquities. And, and the chastening for my well-being fell upon him. And, and he was scourged for me that I might be healed. He did it vicariously. You got the picture? I hope you have. The third word is the word victoriously. This anointed servant suffered victoriously. Do you remember that definition for victoriously? It says to bring about a victory, the winning of a battle, war, or any struggle. I, I hope you understand in this life that that you're in a battle, amen? Do you, do you realize you're in a battle? Y'all, are y'all self-aware enough about that? If you're trying to walk righteously, if you want to do the right thing, if you want to do good things, you want to be a blessing, to, that you're in a battle. Matter of fact, I could call it a war, amen? Battle might not be good. It's a battle, it's a war, but I'll assure you of one thing. If you want to accept battle war, I guarantee you you're in a struggle, Amen? This old sinful world, it, it causes so much pain, so much struggle, so much agony. We, we need help. 
We need somebody to help us win. And, and that's what the suffering servant came to do. He came, he came to be victorious. For you to be victorious, he came to win. That's what it's all about. He came to win. How, how, how does he help us win? He tells us right there. Look at some of those things that we looked at in verse 5. Third phrase. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. Do, do, you know what, do you know what his suffering did for you and me? It brought about well-being. Well-being. That, that means that, that you, you can be blessed. It means that life is good. That means there's hope. All kind, Whatever well-being means, he allows you to experience that. He wants you to enjoy that. Because he suffered, he gives that to you victoriously. But that, that's not all. It says, and by his scourging, we are healed. By his scourging, we are healed. He is the healer, amen? And he can heal in every and any way he chooses to. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. He can heal any and every way he can because his scourging and his punishment and his pain is that we might be healed. I want to tell you, when you need to be healed and you experience healing, that's victory. Amen? Whenever your life's a mess and now all of a sudden you have a well-being, that is a victory. But that's not all. Look what else it says. All of us like sheep have gone astray. That was our problem. We've all gone. Each of us has turned from our own way. But, by, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. In other words, our strain, our going our own way has caused all kind of iniquity and problems. But Jesus paid the price for our iniquity that we might be found. We're not straying anymore. We have found the good shepherd. We have found the shepherd of our soul. We have found where home is. Because the suffering servant has given us that victory. One other phrase that talks about, look in verse number 11. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied by his knowledge. The righteous one, my servant, listen, will justify the many. That's great. Will justify. That means to be made just, to be made right. To be made complete, to be made whole, to stand in good standing with God. What he has done through his death, through his suffering, through his taking our place, gives me the victory. And we're going to find out it gives him the victory. Because you know what his victory is? Read it on. You know what it says his victory is? That we get to be the spoils of his victory. Do you know what he wants out of this? You know what Jesus came for? Not the things of this world. He can create that anywhere. Do you know what he came for? He came for you. You are the spoils of victory, and there's nobody like you but you. He created you uniquely different, and nobody's like you, but you are the spoils of victory. And how he gets the victory is he gets you when you get him. 
That's wonderful. You're right, David. There's a reason to clap about that. Well, I'm thankful that all he wants in this thing is me. All he wants is me. All he wants is you. And you can have that victory. The suffering servant did it voluntarily. Jesus did it voluntarily. The suffering servant, he said, would do it vicariously. He would stand in the stead of those who deserved it. And Jesus stood in our place, hung on our cross, received our scourging, that we might be set free. He took our place. The suffering servant was going to do it victoriously. For those he died for, those he suffered for, could be healed, have well-being, be gathered together, be made just and right before his father, and enjoy eternal life with him and the father. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die, will never die, never taste of death. For I have died in their place. I have paid the price of their sin. And therefore, they get to enjoy the victory. And the victory I have is getting to watch them enjoy the victory. Amen. I don't know if you ever heard the term, the legal term, double jeopardy. You ever heard that legal term, double jeopardy? Uh, let, me, let me read you what double jeopardy is. It's a legal term. It came, comes from the Constitution, the Fifth Amendment Constitution. But th- this is what it, it literally means. Double jeopardy, the double jeopardy clause provides protection against being prosecuted again for the same offense after being acquitted convicted and are punished for the same offense. Did you hear that? In other words, once you have been either acquitted, convicted, or punished for an offense, you can never be prosecuted again. Let me tell you, let me tell you a, great, a great truth. All right, this is worth you coming right here, all right? The old accuser, Satan wants to constantly bring up your dirt. He wants to constantly pull you down. Amen? Doesn't he? Yes, Brother Mackey does. Thank you all. I appreciate that. I'm glad I'm not the only sinner here. Oh, yeah. The devil's constantly trying to bring up dirt. You know what he wants to bring up? Everything you've done whereby you deserve to be prosecuted and punished. Everything. Let me tell you a great truth. Listen. Here's a great truth. When the old enemy brings up the dirt, just call out double jeopardy. You know, just call it out. Say, hold on, hold on. You're exactly right. I am guilty. But that sin has already been punished. That has already been paid for. It's already been dealt with by the man named Jesus. So you can't prosecute me anymore. For it's been paid in full. You know what? 
If you knew that truth and you live that truth, the old enemy has no basis for bringing up anything in your past anymore. Because it has already been paid for by a man named Jesus that Isaiah said was the anointed servant who's coming. He's coming. Bless God, he's come. And we get to enjoy knowing Jesus. Amen? Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for truth. Thank you for your word. And I pray for this invitation time that it be someone who'd give their heart to Jesus. Somebody who'd come and say, I want Jesus to stand in my place. I thank Jesus that he voluntarily did it, and I want the victory that he gives. I pray today somebody would come. And I pray that that person who's already accepted Christ would come and need to be baptized and follow the Lord and be proud of being on Jesus' team, that you'd give them the boldness to step out and say, I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus, and I want to let everybody know I'm part of his team and part of his family and glad what he did for me. Maybe there's somebody who needs to join this church today. They've been led by the Holy Spirit to be a part of this fellowship. That today would be the day they'd come. Maybe there are other burdens that we have that I cast before you or other rejoicings that we ought to give because you're such a good God. And then, Jesus, you're so good to do what you've done for us. Bless this invitation time. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.